0: This is The Real Good Podcast. My name is John Roebuck and with me is Derek Casper, the friendly ghost Armstrong and Zoe Bruce Willis-Coldham. Hello. Not (laughs) with us is Blake Curtis. We're branching out. We're addressing those diversity issues because Derek being old doesn't quite cut the mustard.
1: And American. I'm American too. Oh, yeah. That adds to my diversity,
0: right? Yeah, well, it's still not good enough. This is why we're Americans, getting Zoe.
1: Being American is probably like the least diverse thing you could be on like a worldwide stage, I think, probably. So. You
0: pipe down. Yeah. For the legions <laughs> of Blake fans out there, don't be alarmed. He'll be back. We're going to start rotating um, the four of us around. Well, I'm going to stay because I'm integral to the operation. Um, and Zoe has a good voice and it's nice to listen to and she's got interesting opinions. She's the D'Artagnan to our Orthos, Porthos and Aramis. Uh, She's the uh, the, the one. Do I have a name?
1: It's a pretty good uh, literary Yeah, you're D'Artagnan.
0: It. You're the one that sleeps with the queen in uh, the Leonardo you're DiCaprio movie. You're not an O.S. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you're played by Chris O'Donnell <laughs> in the Three Musketeers movie, and by No. Was yeah, everyone Chris had, O'Donnell in the Three Musketeers movie, and Gabriel Byrne in Man with the Man in the Iron Mask. Mask yeah. Oh, nice. Yep uh this episode is called manchester by the sheet and that's because we'll be talking about david lowry's film a ghost story good one uh, thanks man here's a synopsis <laughs> that i found on google a passionate young couple unexpectedly separated by a shocking loss discover an eternal connection and a love that is infinite now full warning there will be spoilers in this episode so only keep listening if you've seen the film or don't care about bad spoilers we don't understand English. Uh, another quick dis- disclaimer, the headphones that I'm using to monitor this episode are a bit crummy. So if the sound quality is dodgy, blame my memory or uh, also blame I Derek's you said headphones. they weren't that bad. They're not great. Okay. They're okay. Like, I can hear it, but like, I just can't tell if it's, uh, it's good. You should have you know. brought your own. I should have, yeah. That's why I said blame my memory. Uh, let's, get, let's talk about it. Uh, Derek, what do you think about the uh, ghost story? That's me being
1: speechless. Ah, oh. wow. oh, good also, for a podcast. That's also my impersonation of. Uh, that's my impersonation of um, Mr. Affleck in this film, who doesn't say anything for the last two thirds of it. Yeah, well, it made for this great writing. Absolutely blew me away.
0: Woo Woo-hoo. I loved it. Yeah, that's good to hear after <laughs> your Dunkirk bullshit. Well, this is. You, did you hear I, he didn't like Dunkirk? Though? I did. I did. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's not let's not re- rehash that territory. Let's talk about this.
2: I was actually Dynamic, quite
1: nervous even like this one. Oh, me too. God. Yeah, I think I, I, I don't know how well you guys like it, but I have to say, I think I probably like it more than you do. I mean, <laughs> it is. It, I thought this was absolutely enthralling, enchanting. It just made me think about so much. It really, made, it really moved me. Um, I was sitting there. I saw it at Cinema, cinema Nova on Saturday at eleven fifteen in the morning because that was the time I could get to see. Actually, no, it was ten thirty five in the morning, and I was the only one in the cinema. And somehow that added to the experience also. I I felt like I was alone with this film, which is what the the main character is for the majority of the film. Alone with his thoughts, with his processing, with his uh, warped view of the way time progresses. I, I have a lot to say, but I think I should pass it over to somebody else to start saying their bit.
0: No, after you Zoe, um, don't I mean, well, me and Zoe <laughs> saw this together. Yeah. And uh, we also f- yeah. saw
2: it in the morning and we, there was only four of us in the cinema. Mm, yeah. So it's kind of like a similar... Intimate, yeah. Yeah, it was, it's, and it stayed with me. We saw it maybe a week and a half ago. It's, I've thought about it every single day. Yeah, it's, it's well, about everything.
1: It's about everything.
0: And do you know, I think I, you know, I messaged you, Zoe, afterwards, and I thought uh, when we are in the cinema, I, I had a high regard for it, and then the longer I was out of the cinema, the, the higher the regard became. Mm. And I ended up seeing it again, like three days afterwards. Can I um,
1: can I just tell everybody what the, what the main uh, gimmick is of the film? It's not really a gimmick, but this film stars Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck, except Casey Affleck's not in it for most of the time because, spoiler alert, he dies. But when... And he comes back as a ghost, but he's not a Casey Affleck ghost. He is a man in a white sheet, like the Halloween costume of a ghost with two eye holes cut out. And that could, that could when you first hear that idea, you think, well, this could be really silly. Mm. And then you see it and you say, this is fucking profound. Like, this, like that decision alone it is probably responsible for more of the effect that that film had on me than anything else. He sits there. He watches Rooney Mara. He watches subsequent tenants of the house where they lived. He watches people in the past. He watches people in the distant future. He just watches because that's all he can do because he's stuck in purgatory. And the, the way that this film was conceived, the sequencing of the scenes just absolutely floored me. I just thought it was
0: phenomenal. Okay. Well, Zoe, you were uh, saying that it's stuck with you and you thought about it every single day since. What, Like, in what way?
2: Um, I think it just... Uh just made me think of all aspects of my life and the the meaning of life as well. <laughs> totally, yeah. yeah. And it's just kind of um, just crept into the way I'm thinking about things. I don't know, not necessarily reflecting on the film but just like the feeling of it, well, I guess, in a way.
0: it's interesting to hear you say uh, you're, you're both, uh, it's stuck with you because I remember tell, talking to you, uh, I think, after the film about that comic book uh, idea that um, uh, that my friend told me about and the idea is that uh, you draw a protagonist of a um, a comic book uh, with sort of blank features or no really discernible features so yeah. that the reader can uh, project themselves into the co- that character. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I thought um, I- indirectly or maybe even inadvertently um, uh, putting this white sheet over uh, Casey Affleck's character as a ghost in this movie sort of had the same effect. Absolutely. A- and you could see... Uh, your own uh, experience of, uh, experiences of uh, grief in what he was looking at. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I can I just tell
1: you a little story here? So, um, I told my wife when I got back that it had blown me away, and she said, "Oh, that's that one. Oh, Casey Affleck is in that." And Casey Affleck's had a bad year in the press, mm-hmm. um, as you know. He was accused of sexual uh, misdeeds. I don't know if you call it assault. I don't know if you call it harassment, but whatever. He's not a great guy, or that's what people think and that may be true, may not be true, but, but anyway, she said, I can't see that because I, Casey Affleck is a rapist and I don't really want to watch that. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it. as like this film, Casey Affleck, whatever he does walking around in the sheet, that's the kind of similar acting that, you know, that Michael Fassbender did in, uh, in Frank, in Frank, yeah, totally. see his face that that's, I'm sure that would have been slightly different if somebody else did it. He probably brought something special to it, but the, he, The point about his character is you don't have to sympathize with him. You don't have to like Casey Affleck or feel sympathy toward Casey Affleck to be interested in this character, because this character is a stand-in for humanity. This character is a stand-in for anyone who dies and becomes a ghost. And basically... I you know I don't I, as I was watching it I wasn't thinking oh poor Casey Affleck he was so in love with Rooney Mara and he's dead and I was thinking this is just any person who's it's, died it's the story yeah. of any ghost yes
0: yeah don't you think
1: and it's like the fact that he's the guy that's walking around it ultimately isn't that important and I like to think that because he's a good actor and because otherwise it wouldn't matter that there's something that he is bringing to it himself. Even just walking, gesturing, whatever he's doing, but it's, he doesn't
0: speak. It's funny that for the you bring up two, last two thirds of the film. It's funny that you bring up this uh, Casey Affleck stuff because the one person I've had many conversations with about whether you can separate uh, someone's personal life from their artistic work is Blake. Yeah, and <laughs> he's not here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, like I think it, there is something like very universal about it.
2: Yeah, and it made you feel empathy for ghosts, which is something that I've never <laughs> felt before. So much, like,
0: yeah, it's about that, like, the relationship you have with someone when they're alive, as opposed to when they're dead, and also the relationship that person has to you when they're alive and when they're dead. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, and and this guy uh, is gonna be, you know, uh, Rooney Mara's husband forever, and she's gonna have uh, this whole other life to lead, but. I mean just because he dies doesn't mean he'll stop being Rooney Mara's husband forever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and it was so interesting the way that this film handled time. I mean, the tagline on the poster mm. is it's all about time. And I didn't actually read that tagline until after I came out and I went, oh, "Wonderful. What a what, what a good way to encapsulate it because the the trick that this film really pulls off is showing the amount of time as um varying as uh some things seem like they're monotonous and go on forever. Like there's that great scene, which I think some people probably would would turn some people off, where Rooney Mara is eating a pie for something like seven minutes. Um, you just watch her sit on the floor eat a pie, which is which is a great encapsulation of grief for one thing. Someone brings her over a pie after her husband or boyfriend dies, and and um, she has lost like she's just an id. She's not. A super ego anymore. She's not an ego. She's a grieving id and she just sits on the floor and eats this pie until she's eaten her full fill and then goes and throws up. And he just sits there watching her. So this is this mundane activity he watches for seven minutes of screen time or whatever it is. But then there are these other moments where time is slipping away from him and he... and 30 years are gone in a flash. Or you know, one minute the family lives there, the next minute it's a barren house again, or one minute this man is sitting at a party, which looks like it might be taking place in the 70s or something, prognosticating about the future. Camera goes up to the light bulb in the ceiling. Next minute the light bulb is light light socket is empty, the bulb's hitting there, they're gone again. And the whole movie lurches around like that in this incredibly profound way. You just can't get a hold on how long anything is taking, like how long has he been dead? How long has she been grieving before she goes on her date? Things Which are, like that, and, and
0: I think that meaningless of or like that um, sort of meaningless of time in a way, but also the the chaotic nature of the time in the film, and also uh, I mean it touches on the meaningless of what we do with our time yes. in Earth in relation to the you know the reality of time. But what I really loved about the film, and I think what um, drove it home for me, was the fact that it's still offered a potential sense of meaning in life, which is the fact that life goes on and in the grand scheme of things, everything's meaningless. And yet everything, he, and yet his relationship with his wife was what gave him meaning. No matter what that note said, that was yeah. sort of like, he'll always, they'll always have that. Even if it's finished, even when it, it's over, they'll always have their relationship and they'll always been been husband and wife and they'll have always been in love. No matter if, they're not still physically around. Right.
2: Yeah, I think I agree. Like, it it sort of was... Um, it, weirdly enough, lep, left me with a sense of peace about all that. So, oh, yeah. like, the, everything comes to an end and everything's meaningless, but that's okay, which... Totally. I mean, it's kind yeah. of strange to feel like it, that. It's,
1: is, yeah. After you. I was just going to say, what did you make of the way that time was handled in the film where it's a little bit almost like the way time is handled in Arrival, where... At points, he's seeing backwards instead of seeing forwards. Or did you think... So let me I ask was, you about the scene uh, with, the, with the pioneers. I very hungover for arrival. Okay. I can't remember it. The scene with the pioneers. Um, I, at first, thought the future world has fallen to ash, and this is like the world starting over again, except that eventually I said, well, no, these are pioneers, and then eventually it came back around to the time of them arriving at their own house. And so I thought, I, I don't even really know what that means, but it, I thought that was really profound as well. Like, what did you make of that Zoe? Uh,
2: that was the one thing where I sort of just questioned it a little bit because yeah. I was just like, didn't quite add up. It didn't quite add up. And I was yeah. a bit, um, because there's that other ghost in the other house yeah. and that one disappears, you know, when everything falls down, I was wondering why did Casey Affleck stay? And then how did he continue to stay for time to repeat itself. That was one thing that I was just a bit like... Oh, Maybe
0: to me... oh, Well, to me, I think that you disappear when you perhaps let go. Yes. In terms of the rules, as I, as I interpreted them in the film, you disappear when you let go of what's attaching you to the world. And in The ghost Neighbourhood, neighbor's Ghost, it was whoever he was waiting for, and in the case of Casey Affleck's ghost, it was Rooney Mara. Mm-hmm. And what I interpreted as uh, why he came back uh, at that point in time in the uh, prospecting era was because ghosts, you know, in some ghosts' lore, lore, aren't they attached to certain places? Yeah. And I and I figured the, 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 that was the start of when this house was, yeah. you know, being built. And so we went back to that. that well, tower. immediately
1: before that is when he comes to the edge of the skyscraper in yeah. the future city, mm. which looks like it could be 100 or year, okay. 200 years in the future, who knows how far, and plunges over the edge. And so you could say that plunge is some kind of, you know time wormhole or something like that and he's going back to the beginning again and it's like i think that there's just something that's so interesting about it that like this idea of grief and this idea of un- of like unresolved fulfillment has like no boundaries by time like it goes before forward and backwards and a ghost is just on a different plane that's separate from all that and i just thought it was so interesting like i couldn't rationally explain it either zoe like but i felt i thought it's just so interesting and it's just so with keeping with the style that they've put me in and pl- plunged me into this headspace and I just went with it you know
2: mm-hmm. is this sh- and that's that's what I really respected about this film is that they took a lot of risks and yeah. they weren't um they weren't constrained by you know having a beginning a middle and end and having all these conflicts that had cause and effect they just sort of went with it and it felt like the director just Took some risks and went with his instincts, and I think that was really refreshing. Visionary, I thought it was visionary. It was so nice to watch and not and be surprised and um, yeah.
0: And it's it's a a slow film, but you don't. It's one of those films that you're aware of how slow it's it's uh, going past, but you're not bored. No, No. yeah, at 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 all. No. Um,
1: And I mean, like there, and there, I I can't say for sure, but there might be a ten minute stretch in there when no one says anything you know that the, yeah. there's it's 90 minutes long so there are lots of different 10 minute stretches and some of them you certainly don't hear him speak but I don't sometimes you don't even hear the occupants of the house speak or or you know it's just yeah. oh, it's so fat fa- it's what so did you fascinating you
2: think about the um so you know how the heaps of long shots where they just held yeah. and I didn't get bored and any other time that would happen in any other film oh, I would but yeah. somehow it got away with it
0: yeah and I don't have the answer
1: no it's <laughs> just it's it's creating a mood it's all about Creating an environment and a world and saying, I've got a specific agenda for how, what I want to do here and I'm going to unfold it to you gradually and you're not going to get annoyed. You're going to find it more and more profound as, as you go. And it absolutely worked for me that way.
0: Maybe it was because of your mate, the aspect ratio.
1: <sighs>
0: Zoe. I want to talk about that. Well, do you want to talk about that, Zoe? <laughs>
2: I picked it, didn't I? That <laughs> yeah, that yeah, new yeah. Trend. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. New trend. The aspect ratio. Yeah. So it, more they of did a square. It in it was a square. Yeah. They did it in Una, and I was like, oh yeah,
2: this is coming. So you and tell then me. the whole film was Una was. Oh, that's
1: right. Una was that. I mm. forgot.
0: Was it all Una? All of Una four by three, or just parts of it?
2: Uh, just parts of it, just yep. the flashbacky bits. I but think. there's there's
0: another film as well that's four by three that you pointed out to Xavier me. Doulin. he did he did a film called. Oh, but um, that that's Mother? a that's or a mommy? different one. Mommy? That's that's yeah. the iPhone aspect ratio, oh, isn't it? Okay, maybe. Yeah, so maybe.
2: The thing about the four x three was, I think a lot this film to me kind of felt like it was like a a story from my childhood being told to me by my parents or something like that. And that's how you felt sitting there you felt kind of like someone was telling you a, an old tale and i think they're 4 by 3 sort of It'll look like um, a slideshow yeah. or right? like a super yeah. right yeah uh,
0: footage or something
2: like and that. The, yeah. And yeah. The, uh, what
1: i liked about it also is the corners were rounded. So it was like almost like one of those matte portraits that you would have where like mm. where the photograph would be behind. Yeah. And then like the the edges would be curved and it was just it was just another creative decision. That just was that just was so interesting. Like and you you mentioned the long takes. I was thinking thinking of this shot too, where you see Casey Affleck dead in the car after his car accident. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's just the start shot starts at the house, mm-hmm. like just looking like this longing shot at this house, like this classic Americana type thing or something, and then just pans to the right to a car accident that's already happened and this boy is just watching it from a remove of, you know. Um, a couple meters or whatever, you know, uh, you know, yeah. and he's just, like, looking at what's going on and and, um, and it's, just, it's just silent. And it's just, like, it, it kind of mimicked, like, the silence you have when you're in a slideshow or something. Back, like, when I was growing up in the 80s, like, woo, long time ago, um, my dad showed us <laughs> slideshows all the time in the living room and that exactly, that yeah. felt exactly like that, you know? It's just...
2: Like old family photos or something like that. It's just another thing that
1: swept me up into the yeah. embrace of the film, you know?
2: Also, yeah. the way he... Um, the way he died I found so interesting as well. The, mm. the way you see him die dead yeah. on the steering wheel is just so unremarkable. Yeah, and His face was all squished up against the well, steering wheel. He died wheel. right outside yeah. the
1: house too. Like, what? I don't even know what that means except maybe that has to do with the location that he haunts. Maybe that has to do with this idea that he's always been there or that he's always been related to that plot of land, which is why he doesn't want to leave in the first
0: place either. What did you guys think of Rooney Mara? Because she would be my one issue or well, one of my few issues with the film. I find her quite a cold actress. Um uh,
2: yeah. You go first. Yeah. I was just going to say you know how you said that thing about having the blank yeah canvas. I think that is a thing that lots of directors are doing at the moment with lots of actresses that have quite blank canvas faces and I think that's Okay. Why oh, do you have another example? Um No, put you on the spot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you're on the spot.
2: Uh, Oh, that's um, alright. Don't worry about it. <laughs> lots of those redheaded chicks. I can't remember any of their names, okay. but they're very like quite yeah plain. It's a real plain. Look so you think so? On. So you
0: think like Rooney Mara's sort of almost expressionlessness is that a word? Yeah. Uh, in the film was a deliberate decision because I mean in one sense, again it is maybe an, uh, um, uh, David Laurie pushing for that uh, the blank canvas type of thing. But God, she just she's she just emits. Coldness.
1: Uh, look, I had I I thought her performance was great, and, th- and the reason why I really liked it was because I thought that she really underplayed the grief. Um, it, she made it life size, and that was the whole thing that I thought was so interesting about this. Everything that occurs in the kind of real text of the film is very unremarkable. You know, like. You know like the real estate agent arriving and writing a note and leaving a pie or, and her eating the pie and her staring out the window it's not like these typical strokes that you get of grief
0: in most films where someone has to have a like huge emotional breakdown and they anything, they you know. looked yeah. like they were a flawed couple as well yeah. I think which was important they the in the flashbacks it wasn't you know they weren't these sort of uh, heartwarming flashbacks where you saw how wonderful they were together they were good and they were bad in the flashbacks yeah. so, you know like, I guess like you, any couple
1: what did you guys think of the um, of the scene that by, by the character that's dubbed the prognostic the guy who's who's going, uh, telling all the par- the party guests about how ashes to ashes and dust to dust, and we're all going to return to the earth.
2: So, so I liked it. Yeah, I could I could see myself almost cringing at a few moments, but I think the the actor sort of made you get carried away. Yeah, in what Will he was Oldham, saying. he's was, good. He a
1: musician. He's a musician. He's, yeah. he's worked with Kelly Reichardt before. He was an old joy with Kelly Reichardt. And I don't know what else. I, I I don't know the name of the band, but yeah, he's a musician. Yeah,
2: and I think um. I got carried away with what you
1: yeah, was saying
0: it. and I, I loved,
2: loved it. it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I know I,
0: John, you... I th- know. Well, the first time I saw it, when I saw it with you, Zoe, I thought it might be too uh, opaquely laying out the themes of the movie. But then the second time I watched it, I think, you're right, the, the actor sells it,
1: certainly. Well, I, I love also that it allowed us to think about the idea that people want to live beyond their bodies. Like, that's part of what Heath Affleck is doing. He's but I think Uzek the, the film was already to... saying
0: that without that scene... And I and I think it, it almost took away uh, my license to take from the f- film exactly what I wanted. Where I, I yeah. think the scene was okay. Does, I just yeah. do we
2: remember what happened after that scene because it kind of seemed to push it in this direction.
0: That was when the uh, the light bulb broke. Yeah. and then and it was. That's the, That's the last scene before. That's the last scene. He's, to he's to go to the scratching. No, he's scratching the thing, and then the house gets knocked down. Oh, and and when yeah. the bulldozer oh broke through the house, yeah. that made
1: me jump about ten <laughs> feet. It was like it just. It was the perfect kind of like breaking of a spell that I, I know, was in yes. with some, with like a jump scare essentially. And it's mm-hmm. just like I can't remember jumping like that in a film in a long and time. And it's not.
2: It's not even like a you know. It's just a bulldozer. <gasps> it's just. <like. laughs> it's another
1: example of the way that he's manipulating us in the best possible sense in this this film. I feel like we are in the palm of the director's hand the entire mm. time in this film. And he just takes us to such interesting places Like ha- I can't speak more highly on this film Has
0: it taken down Wonder Woman for, for this year's yes. top spot?
1: Yes <laughs> uh, top What do you three. think of Wonder Woman?
0: <laughs> have you seen Wonder Woman? I have Woman? not seen it Oh, okay And you probably don't need to yeah. As we've learned uh, from the last episode You don't actually really have to listen to Derek He's just here because he's, you know like... John and I don't like <laughs> each other's favourite films of the year so far <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, Dunkirk he's what is What is yours? Dun-
0: Dunkirk. I, mean, I don't like Dun- Dunkirk
1: and John doesn't like Wonder Woman. By the way, I've got a new favourite now though.
2: Yeah. I mean, And anyway. we all agree on this one. Yeah. And this yeah. is yeah. my new favourite. I'm glad sure. you
0: are whether Derek Stung. would like this as well because it sort of is an indication of your... Um, your poor taste, Eric. <laughs> uh, to top three, do you want to explain top three today? Oh, yeah. sure. Well, it's not we already know one of Zoe's because she blurted it out accidentally because she didn't know the rules of top three. she like
2: did
1: told the rules. <laughs> the rules, the, the, the hard and fast <laughs> rules. It's not too. Um, it's not too profound. It's um, top. It was basically we left it pretty open. Top three films featuring ghosts um which Ooh. yeah there you go um it's a windy night here doing that good sound effects in, yeah. i know this is perfect we didn't we didn't plan
0: it but um hopefully these directional mics are working and you guys can't hear any of it yeah well, i think i figured they heard a little bit would be nice but uh, what <laughs>
1: i was gonna say is um do you want me to start yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah, so well um this I, I took a very specific interpretation of this because as i was looking through the films i realized wow a lot of my favorite films have ghosts in them. I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark has ghosts in it. Empire Strikes Back has ghosts in it. You know, these are like oh, there's a lot. Yeah, there's man. a lot of
0: films that have ghosts in them that are really. My search like <laughs> uh, field was just so narrow. I've come up with the worst. Well, so so what I chose was I chose
1: films where the ghost is a character, possibly the protagonist, but at least a co-protagonist, and is kind of going through a similar experience as to the ghosts in a ghost story. So my number three is a really kind of typically shocking film from Gaspar
0: Noe called Enter the Void. <laughs> have you ever seen Into the Void?
2: No, I didn't know about yeah. goes That's
0: that. the. Mo- have you seen it? No,
2: it's it's the, drop the movie, movie yeah? with the
0: um, camera, the sex scene with the camera's inside the vagina, and like the penis is just like. <laughs> no, no, no. That's Love. No, it's <laughs> Into the Void as well. <laughs> I haven't no, seen okay. Love, but it's All definitely right. Into the Void. Well,
1: in any case, this is a film
0: <laughs> told from. <the laughs> How did you forget that scene in that movie you just brought up? It's like <laughs> the most memorable scene in the movie. Okay, well, in any it's case, it, I've
1: seen it twice actually. Apparently, I don't remember it that well, but it's told from um the perspective of. A, a man who starts at the beginning alive and then dies during it and then becomes a ghost and and the camera the camera angle is constantly from his eyes and he flies around Tokyo as mm. like a, a wandering spirit and observes all this crazy shit happening i don't know if you've seen other of no ways films but i've it, seen irreversible irreversible yeah. is astonishing and so it just took me to this crazy place and and it was like no ghost story i'd ever seen so so that was my number 3 in the very specific uh, area that I've chosen number two is a film called Truly Madly Deeply from Anthony Mingela. Anthony Mangella from 1991 does or Manjella? I say the hard G but um the uh Alan Rickman uh is a character who I believe is dead from the start but he comes back and visits Juliet Stevenson his girlfriend or wife and um, and kind of comes back and, and tries to help her move on and mm. kind of is half alive because he she can see him and she can speak to him and they occupy the same space. It's just wonderfully joyous and melancholy
0: and it's just a beautiful film. I love it. And that's the only, yeah. that's the only film he made before he went on to make The English Patient, isn't it? Uh, he, I think it, it's, it's the one immediately before. He yeah. made that and then The English Patient and then Talented Mr Ripley yeah. and then Cold Mountain and then he died. <laughs> um, yeah, and then maybe one or two
1: others in there. But yeah, he lives, on in, funny? His, he lives on in his son, Max, who I think is actually quite, quite good. Um, so then, my number one in, is the one that's going to get me some shit. It's kind of like saying you, you love Titanic. Into the is. Void got your shit. Okay, well, <laughs> incorrectly, because you're wrong about that film, but it's uh, Ghost. Nineteen ninety, uh, Jerry Zucker. Um, it has a reputation as being kind of cheesy, but I honestly think that that is one of the best scripts I've ever I've ever seen filmed. It it it, it imagines a, a concept of the afterlife that it fully realizes. And you know, look, I was seventeen years old when I saw it. Very very um, susceptible to that kind of thing. And I just love the performances and I love the world it created. I think it's a wonderfully emotional film that I just really enjoy. And it's actually got some of similar similar aspects to a ghost story, really. It's like a portal opens, you know, a portal well, opens to the, in the hospital for Casey Affleck and he doesn't take it. It's similar know, for Patrick Swayze and Ghost. I, I yeah. was
0: thinking about Ghost when I was watching a ghost story and I think the difference between uh, a lot of films where ghosts are looking back on their lives, sort of like Ghost, yeah. is that a ghost story he's not a participant or a commentator. He's just an observer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know that's just a comment. I yeah. So I, so whatever. I'm I'm not I'm not going to
1: say that I don't love Ghost because I do love Ghost. There you go. Well, you put it as your number one. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, Ghost lover.
1: Well, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Empire Strikes have Back you, would be above that, but I excluded. Have it. you
0: only seen Ghost when you were seventeen? Have you seen it again?
1: Yeah, I've seen it again recently. It's a terrific script. It
0: really is great. Ella's scared. Allah my wife, for anyone who's listening, is uh, scared of the dude on the train. Is there yeah, a scared dude on awesome. the train? Yeah. Get off my train! Is that is that funky looking dude? Is in like Armadeus and one. Yeah, he's like he's next? like yeah. the he's like the ultimate that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Zoe, top three.
2: I didn't put mine in order or anything like that. And oh, I don't. you're off the podcast. Oh, Where is Blakey get when you need him? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay, so I have uh, The Sixth Sense. Yep, great Ooh, choice. Love it. Probably the the most jaw-dropping twist I've ever experienced. Mm. I know that, like, some people are like, oh, mm, so cheesy. Don't but reveal I was just it in like, case anyone oh, hasn't seen God. it. No, I won't. <laughs> uh, there, that scene
0: when he's taking a piss... And the lady walks past the bathroom. It's one of the scariest oh my, scenes because yes. you, you, you don't know if it's his mum or a ghost. I think the one with the girls under the
1: sheet and it reveals her is super scary. Oh too. god! Just yeah. thinking
0: yeah. about that movie. Yeah. yeah. And look, like, what, what the fuck happened to M. Night Shyamalan? He made that, and then, or he made like two romantic comedies. Then he made a, the Sixth Sense. Yeah, and what? then he made Unbreakable, which is also I think amazing. Is that the one on the train? Like we don't need to. Yeah, get yeah. Off on that yeah. one's an M. Night. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> like, yeah. but like, <laughs> like seriously, like the Sixth Sense is a masterpiece. Is a masterpiece. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: I'll also say I don't really like horror films, so hmm. this was a little bit tricky for me, this yeah. list. So my second one is um, Heart and Souls. Has anyone seen it? Oh, oh. <laughs> um With um, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. and, and Charles Grodin.
1: Um, Terrific. No, he, no, I haven't seen it.
2: It's, it's a... It's a it's a cute film. It always like, used to play on TV. Yeah. yeah, a bunch of um, ghosts. They all die on a bus, and somehow they're just haunting Robert Downey Jr. And as a kid, and then he grows up with them, and they kind of raise him, and then he has to set them each free. So oh,
0: sounds sounds good, yeah. That yeah. The, tra- the I never I've never seen it, but the ad for it was just always on TV growing up.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's lovely. Um, and then my third one, which you both already know, <laughs> is The Shining. Yeah. What which a surprise! Which I, just <laughs> ha- which I just happened to
1: have watched a week ago. Yeah. Did you? I mean, not f- and for the third time or something. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I watched everyone, it two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Everyone obviously knows that how, you know how good that film is, Ugh. and when the ghosts can. Turn that doorknob is fucking terrifying.
0: Yeah, The Shining absolutely rules. Oh yeah, like be the
1: best horror movie ever all I of all time. When I watched it the Perfect. other night, I watched yeah. Room Two Thirty Seven along with it. Don't bother. Oh, yeah,
2: that movie terrible. sucks. Yeah, those oh, theories gosh. are so flim- flimsy, yeah. aren't they? Just yeah. Yeah. the one where they're like, oh, there's um, oh, there's a picture on the on the back <laughs> of the door, and that means <sighs> so, that so the dumb. It's like what
0: the hell? The, that, yeah. uh, the <laughs> positive attention that movie's got has gotten has been just Mystified, bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would normally have The Shining in my top three, probably. Obviously, yeah, I think my number one, uh, but I knew I was going to pick it, so I left it out. I really had a, a yeah very narrow field of um, uh, vision when it came to this top three, and the I just googled films with ghosts in it, and I had a whole list, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't find really any good ones except for the three I've got. My number three, I don't even know if you could technically technically count it as a ghost, but I've got Ringu, uh, the Japanese film. Oh, yeah. I, I've only seen the remake. The Ring was based. Yeah. Uh, it's good. It's scary. Horror yeah. movies, I, I don't really cope with that well. Mm. Um but it scared me a Something lot. Thing about the like, black hair in front of the face is, is horrifying, isn't it? Just, <laughs> just like horror movies in general, yeah. I really don't uh, cope well with jump scares because I don't like being startled. So I'm okay with The Shining because that's like a uh, you know gradual Sloburned. dread. Yeah. Um. But I actually resent horror movies that um. Uh, rely on me being startled to be scared.
2: Because then, if you take out the startledness, you've probably got a really terrible film.
0: Totally, yeah. And it, like the the one exception that I, I gets away with it, I think, is um, uh, "Drag Me to Hell." <laughs> Which um, mm. is a jump scare every two minutes, but it's almost so over the top that it... Well, it like anything,
1: it if it's done well, it's done well. I, I yeah. saw
0: that with my brother and my mate Huey, and by the end, of, we went to the movies, which was strange because none of us really coped that well with horror movies, and by the end of the movie, we, we sort of, like, cowered behind the, um, the uh, cinema seats, like, just with our hands over our eyes, but that's a good movie. Yeah. Um, no ghosts in it, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> number one and two, to be honest, are a bit of a tie. Uh, so I'll just say them In whatever order Number two I guess Is the others um, oh, yeah. The others is great well, The first time I saw it I didn't like it On um, the rewatch I thought it was brilliant it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's pretty awesome Do you know how to pronounce The director's name? Amenabar? Yes Alejandro
1: Amenabar yeah.
0: And that's what we keep you On the podcast yeah. for Despite your <laughs> Dunkirk stuff <laughs> And number one's also The Sixth Sense Because it's just awesome uh, and it's uh, pretty much flawless which again uh, makes uh, the rest of M. Night Shyamalan's career post Untouchables no not Untouchables Unbreakable uh, <laughs> yeah. mystifying yeah. Yes, uh, Zoe Definitely. final thoughts on a ghost story
2: um, um, uh, I thought it was amazing it blew my mind it was beautiful it had such a nice texture and it was just so lovely to watch
1: right on I don't mind telling you that I had an emotional reaction to it as well um, I actually I didn't Tear up. I just started bawling actually <laughs> at the end when the part when they start to, when he starts to review the events of their life and their relationship together. I just thought, wow, this is like any person who isn't done with something and can't let it go. And we've all had that, you
0: know. I think the scope of this movie is extremely ambitious in terms of its vision and what it's trying to say. And I think any movie that tries to, um, go after particulars when it comes to existence uh, will fall short of the mark. And this movie is smart enough to know that when you're asking these sort of questions, you've got to feel the answers. You can't really know the answers Mm -hmm. um, because it's just a too big a question. Uh, And this um, uh, does a very powerful job at uh, making you feel whatever the answers might be. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think it's amazing. Absolutely. Well, thanks Zoe on your first podcast
2: hope I went okay. Yeah, you were great. And After
0: you leave tonight, me and Derek are going to sit down and have a big <laughs> chat. <laughs> it was it was nice to have some unanimous positivity,
1: which I don't yeah. think we've had on this podcast, period. Although in, in I, d- I know
0: for a fact that Blakey does like a ghost story. He was going to come and um, see it uh, when I went to... I the thought he'd have a lot to say
1: about it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But you're not here, Blakey, so you don't get to say anything. That's right. Uh, thanks, Derek. I'll
1: be gone next time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> maybe. We'll,
1: uh, well, I'm going we'll, out of town at the end of the month. Maybe you guys can record one then when I'm out of town.
0: How long we'll are you see. going for? Uh, just a week. But right. have you heard Zoe? <laughs> we're going on a podcast excursion for over the weekend in October. So uh, you should wow. come out down to Jan yeah. Jack. Yeah. Uh, what Does
2: that involve
0: just podcasting down in Jan Lots <laughs> and lots of pacing. <lots> <laughs> <laughs> we do what we're doing right now, but I in a different you. different area. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Derek. Thank and you. And that's it. Thanks to you, didn't I? I'm sure you did. Yeah, thanks. Sorry. <laughs> uh, my name is John Roback. This has been the Real Good Podcast. For more stuff on films, we've got reviews, we've got all sorts of nifty video essays, we've got this podcast, we've got another podcast called John Roback's Film School. Go to Real When's Good. When's the next episode? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm writing it. Well, I'll I'm starting to write it next week. It's coming. Cool. Uh, realgood.com.au. That's real with two E's. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.